0: You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. As half of our congregation leaves now and goes downstairs, if you want, you can open your Bibles to Revelations chapter 14. We're continuing in our study in Revelations. And this morning we're looking at Revelations 14, 9 through 13. I'm going to back up and read from verse 6. Title of the message this morning will be, Severe Warning Followed with a Great Promise. So, Revelations 14, verses 6 through 13. And I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth. And to every nation, tribe, language, and people, and he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and sea and springs of waters. And another angel, a second one, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality." Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships a beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead or his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the perseverance of the saints. Who keep the commandments of God in their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. So that they may rest from their labors, for the deeds will follow follow with them. Let's pray one more time as we begin our look at God's Word this morning. Father, we do, we come and ask, and thank You for the praise and the worship that we've already enjoyed. Thank You for the songs we sing, all because of Christ, that we know we have no place apart from Him. Help us as we look at this passage to make application to our lives. Lord, that You would... Come and you will speak to every heart today by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit, and as Isaac already prayed, that you would change us to make us more like Christ. Help us to recenter where we may have gotten off. Help us to willingly open and examine our lives and say, what is it that you would have your way with me? That our hearts would be yes to you in all things. God, we love you. We commit this time to you, and we know that we are totally desperate on your spirit to come and do the teaching. So we praise you, and we of all people thank you and glorify you because of the great salvation that you have brought to us, that you have saved us in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So we we backed up and we read through verses 6 through 13, and just wanted to kind of recap just briefly. The first angel comes. And presents this great gospel. So Rush gets out, He schedules me for this third angel. And so uh, he didn't do that on purpose. But anyway, he got to preach on the gospel and the kindness of God last week. And, and, and seeing all of that in this great message that this angel comes with a loud voice so that everyone will hear. That the gospel has been proclaimed to everyone. All nations, all language, all tongue. There's no one who does not hear this. This gospel has gone forth. Come. Come to Jesus. See the kindness of God. Second angel comes and says, the fallen world of the immorality, focused on immorality in a a world that's bent towards evil. Does it not feel that way already? How in the world can it get worse? Selling children into immorality? It's astounding, the evil that is of our day. How can it get worse? There's this warning. There's this second angel brings in the greatest immorality of it all. Really? Your love is for another God. Instead of the true God who has come and brought peace in Christ Jesus who has offered salvation, who has demonstrated His love towards us in an unbelievable way that all have seen and provided a way of escape as these angels come and they shout these warnings. Oh, their greatest immorality is they they have chosen to love and worship the beast in His image instead of the true and living God. So now we pick up and we have the third angel that comes. In verses 9 through 11, this third angel comes and with a loud voice, and I feel as though God's almost saying to us this morning, if you happen to not be able to make it to ABF, this is like we hit pause and we're just picking back up and going right back through the same stuff in a lot of ways this morning. It's uncanny how the Lord puts these things together, but it also makes me sit there and think as a pastor and as one who prays and you see what God does, that He orchestrates this to come together all on the same day. Let me tell you, there's no three of us pastors who are wise enough to do this. So I almost feel like the Lord is saying, hey, listen. Listen to the Word of God this morning. Listen, because we literally are picking right back up from the things that we looked at during the ABF hour. A severe warning to all. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough clout. You don't live in a right place. Everyone, anyone who does this, anyone who worships this way, anyone who gives their love and their allegiance to the beast and to the image, You'll drink from two cups. The first cup is mentioned in verse 8. That's why we kind of back up. She who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. The third angel then comes and said, Followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships a beast in his image, receives a mark on his forehead or his hand, he will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. If you drink the first cup, you're going to have a second one that's coming. And the second one that's coming is unbelievable. Have you ever gone on YouTube or have you ever gotten in this thing that some people, it's like called a slingshot, like two people sit in this thing and they pull these bungee cords down to the ground and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and they just hit this button and it goes pew! And it slings you about 150, 250. 300 feet up in the air. I don't know. It feels like 6,000 feet up in the air. Stomach goes away. How about a roller coaster? Click, 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 click. click. Boom! Here we go. That's the way I feel about these verses of Scripture right here. It's intense. You don't think of God and Jesus in this manner. We think of His kindness. His great love. As we talked about how He comes alongside us. As we said earlier this morning. When we are in dire need. This is an anger. And a wrath. That is undiluted. Everything we experience here. Even in all of the evil that we know is going on. There's still grace and mercy. Worked in This. In some way. And when this comes and he says, hey, judgment is coming, it's coming, and here it is. And it's being mixed. Except this roller coaster, this slingshot, is not going to stop forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. You drink the wrath of God mixed in full strength. Not diluted in any way. There'll be no mercy in this cup. There'll be no grace in this cup. There'll be no hope in this cup. There'll be no blessings to come. This will go on forever and ever. There's no kindness. Everything that you know about God and the things we want to believe about God are stripped away from this. And He has said this and this is just. This is not overboard. This is not done in a wrong way. Matter of fact, they will all agree, going, we, we, we deserve this. Wrath mixed in the cup of his anger. And to be tormented with fire and brimstone. Fire, torture, pain, unrelenting. Brimstone that somewhat keeps feeding that fire. In the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. I don't really have an answer for that, other than I can't imagine going through that and looking at the lamb with scars, nail-pierced hands, probably not judgmental in any way still going, just looking and saying, man, that's what I rejected. I chose not to love him. Who's beat beyond recognition? While being tormented and seeing the precious face of Jesus. Torment forever and ever. No rest. We just sing about rest. We just sing about being around the throne, reading. There are joys, there are pleasures forevermore at the right hand of God. At His right hand, the one who walks with me. Even now, there is pleasures and there are joys that are inexpressible. So what do you do with this? and just read about it and hey, it's a far off distance. I'm really glad I'm not going to be a part of that. Those are good things. But how does it speak to us today? And be careful because I think there's a tendency for all of us to read this and kind of think, oh, no, no, no. My wife has even said, I liked it when our theology was a little bit different and we were raptured out of here before this happens. Somebody's going through this. Somebody's going to die. Saints. Because if you don't take that mark, that's what's going to happen. It's funny, we were in a community group a couple weeks back, and it was like grace comes in the form of death. Grace didn't come and and basically relieve your problem, so to speak, or he took us out of this and and took us someplace where there was a bunch of food and said, Here, I'll feed you. No, he, he, he let you die. And that's far better. I'm not sure that that's what we desire. So Rush started this whole series off at one point and saying, hey, we need to kind of, as we go through this, use our spiritual imagination. We want to be careful. We're not trying to add to the scriptures, but can you get a vision of this scene? Does your vision include somebody's face in that crowd? you know somebody who's lost they will experience that if they don't come to Jesus don't push us off, don't push us out in the future let it drive us Along with many other things that encourage us in the love of God and love that as we see and we talk about this gospel and the experience that God has given to us in the change and the love that he lavishes and the grace he lavishes on us. We can't help but talk about him. He's the greatest love of my life. Follows the loud proclamation going, here is the judgment. Do you have a face? How is our gospel? Is it loud and clear? Is it being proclaimed? As we leave this place and, and, and being reminded this is what's going to happen to those who don't come to Christ? How is our gospel? Kevin, how is your gospel? How did you share this week? I got a thing from some missionaries that we knew, and well, we still know them, Um, but we got to know years, years and years ago, they've been on the field for probably 25 years. Um, but they're doing something at their church, they're over in the Middle East, um, and they're calling it like 990. There's a part of me going, I'm not really always crazy about these things, because we tend to get, you know, a bracelet, here, do this, let this bracelet remind you this week. You know, um here, put a red dot on your your watch so that every time when you hit to that red dot, you're going to do this. However, I do feel like we've turned really in, inward, which we'll get to in just a second. I don't know. I don't really hear a lot, but I don't get to talk to all of you. But I want: are we sharing the Gospel? Are we going forth? And they're going to say, hey, get nine people's name that you know that are lost. And every day, pray for them for 90 seconds. This is your application. As we sit here and look at this part of this judgment that, that, that is coming for those that has been clearly announced. And it's, it's over. It's over. When this happens and they're in this, it's done. There is no another chance for the Gospel. There is not another chance for salvation. Do you even know nine lost people? Or have we just come so close and so even coming out of COVID, I feel like everything has caused us to shrink down and turn real inward. Nine people, 90 seconds a day. That's not overwhelming, is it, Pastor Rush? Pastor Rush is always very gracious. I'm the, I'm the Puritan from this morning that wants to be hard. And I want to go hard. I think when it says this, thus saith the Lord, I think He means for us to do it. And I think there's a lot of this that we read and we don't do. But I want you to get nine people. If you don't have nine people, ask God to give you nine people. Start opening your mouth. I've got to find lost people. I'm going to go share the gospel. I'm going to purposely on this day, I'm going to leave my house and I'm going to go here and I'm going to try to share the gospel with somebody. And if you have trouble striking up a spiritual conversation, just say, look, my pastor said this this week, so I'm out here trying to do what he told me to do. And I'm supposed to, I'm, I want to share the gospel and I want that anyway, but it's just been a good opportunity to remind me of going, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Do you know what's coming if you don't know Him? What do you believe about when you die? Because I can read you something right here real quick. This won't take long at all. This is what's coming. You can reject this, but it ain't going to matter. The God of all creation is coming. You need to be ready. And I also thought, well, we can maybe even take it more. I don't want to make it ridiculous. But if you... One little more challenge. Share the gospel nine times over the next nine weeks. Put feet to your prayer. Encourage one another in community to love and good deeds. There's nothing greater than we can do than have the responsibility of this gospel that is paramount On our lips, where we go. Let that scene remind you the seriousness that is coming. Our passion for those who don't know Christ. Point number two persevere and receive the blessing. This is the second time now that John talks about or writes this down. Here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. He said the same, very similar thing back in chapter 13, verse 20. I think, well, I wrote down 20. I don't think there are not 20 verses there. It's here. I saw it somewhere. courts you, you've done this, in not Court? I wrote down the wrong verse. Trust me. Read your Bible. It's in there. This is, this is the second time. You got it? Okay, well, that's, that's our verse. There's another one in 13. It, it's not the main reason for this. Verse 10. Thank you. Verse 10. And the fifth thing that poured out is bowl and cleared. No, I got, well, I turned my page. I'm, I'm a hot mess. If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone killed with the sword, and the sword must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. Here is the perseverance of the saints. There is a persevering in this process. We talked about this this morning. And we wrestle with how much of this am I responsible for? And yet all of it is God. All of it is His grace. Is mercy. All of it is the work of Christ. You know, It almost feels like there's this tension. And we talked about going, how hard do you go? How hard did they go? Did they get ridiculous? Oh, they quit going to a sports game because they felt like that wasn't good for me in my walk with the Lord. Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? But what do you do with the verse that says, Be ye holy as I am holy. Be holy in all manner of life. Read that this week with a man. That's hard. That's the Word of God. Getting to know and love Jesus. It's not about all these commands. These are these are, yes, these are what God wants us to do. It lets us know who He is, and how we should be living our life in the power of the Spirit and in His grace as it was prayed. Perseverance, perseverance. That's, that's patience is what that word is. But what's interesting is is that some of it in, in, in this this word that is used in the Greek, it brings a connotation of joy. It's a patience, it's a persevering in joy. It's not a patience and persevering and going, Lord, I'm grumbling and I'm complaining, and like, why are you doing this to me? Why am I going through this? This is persevering and taking the suffering that does come to me. And through joy in Jesus, I will do this gladly. That's hard. You can't do that apart from the Spirit of God and His grace. We're desperate to be walking in the Spirit and for God's grace, which is the power to do the things that He has called you to do. It's not grace just for a good feeling or taking something away or making life easy. It's grace to go and persevere to the end. And I'm going to put you in these, but I'm also going to give you, I've given you the spirit that is in you and grace that I'll lavish on you, and we will do this. I want to encourage you because I also feel like we are we are suffocated in ourselves. Through health, sickness, and we turn, we're so inward. And I'm not don't don't hear me and, and think I'm not minimizing the suffering. There's some suffering that we look at, it's because of sinful decisions. Just like you said this morning, is it sin or is it suffering? Yes, yes. And if I'm not sinning enough. God may bring some more suffering. What? To completely transform me, to use me. Why? So that people will come to Christ. Did you read the Catechism? We do these things so that people may know Christ and glorify God. Just look. We're overwhelmed. I get it. It's life. It's pressure. It's moving all the time. So much so I feel like it is squelching our evangelism. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. You all walk in here on Sunday exhausted. For what? This world? Yes, we are in this world. It brings struggles. It brings Heartache, it, it, it's hard. Cancer, ruling, reigning, everything in someone's life. I, the enemy is, it, it, I'm not convinced that he's not bringing this and, and, and bringing more and more of it. We're sinning against one another. We can't even love one another. To the glory of God, we're a mess. I, I, I don't. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm not trying to say, you know, stop. I am trying to say stop, repent, evaluate what. What am I doing? Some things I can't help. Sickness you can't help. But don't let it rule you. Don't let it turn you inward. You talked about Martin Luther last week. You missed ABF. You missed a chapter out of your life. We used to always hear that at our church. You miss church, you miss a chapter out of your life. But it was excellent. And it's highlighting the Word of God. And how much will you do this? And how much will you follow the commands? How much of the commands do you know? How much time are you willing to spend? And we're all scared. That's why we get down to 90 seconds in 15 minutes. What kind of faith are you building in 15 minutes? You're building a faith that's going to stand when this comes, and you can't buy and sell? That's what concerns me. I look, and the little bit of people that I know and I intermix with, it's overwhelming. And we're, 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 we're crumbling. We're letting sin rule us. So much so, we don't have the energy, nor the time, nor the desire to even hardly think about somebody else. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm not trying to... You know, I, I just... It, look at your own life before the Lord. It's, a, it's, it's an oppression, it feels like. It's just it's come in and it's like... We're caught up in what somebody, you know, another message like we're in a satanic lullaby. Except it's not a lullaby, it's a struggle. I get it. I understand. I'm trying to encourage you though. keep fighting through. Don't let that rule you. Because Martin Luther, he didn't share some of the statements that were made. But all that he did, all the time he spent in the Word, 200 messages in a year... All while he's got illnesses, that he is bodily bleeding on a daily basis. You talked about this morning. These guys suffered. These Puritans suffered. You don't hear a lot about it. You hear what? Their strictness, their pursuit of holiness, and they went overboard. And I don't know, did they? A patience with joy keeping the commandments of God, keeping their faith in Jesus. That's our battle. That's what we do in the power of the Spirit. We stay in the Word, and we hear the commands, and we say, yes, yes. I walk in the Spirit. How do you know you're walking in the Spirit? Because you're full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. How's your marriage? Is that what exemplifies your marriage? Is that what exemplifies my life? Do you love Jesus more today than you did on August 21st? You say, what's so special about August 21st? Well, I'll tell you what's so special about August 21st. Your pastor said, we need to get to know and love Jesus so much that we will not walk away from him. The Lord is saying, hey, warning. Warning with a loud voice. Two times on this day. Warning. Warning. Here we try to preach the word and we try to apply it. We feel that's one of the major things that has to happen. It's one thing that we tend to undo. Oh, that was a great message over and over. Court did an excellent job. He did. He brought a great lesson to us. Did you do anything with it? Did your time in the Word of God change? Or maybe you were encouraged, going, man, when this gets difficult, I'll remember, oh, this is important. This is priority. This is not duty. This is delight. This is delight. Oh, I wish I could carve out more time. If You want that? Talk to him. He's pretty good about carving out time. He's very creative. Again, application. Do you love Jesus more? Are you growing in your love for Christ? Because it appears in the persevering, some are not. Some are not. We're working on building a faith that stands, not for today, but for tomorrow. James one twelve. you can write that down and go back and look at it. But it talks about, blessed is a man who perseveres, and he is approved. There is this in this persevering. It's not that it gets us salvation. It is the results of salvation. It is the evidence of salvation. I've been watching this show called Alone. It's really interesting because they take people and they're offering 10 people $500,000 only to the last one who stays. We'll see who lives the longest. They got a list of 10 things that they can take. There's a list, but they can only take 10 things with them. They drop them off out in the middle of the woods. I mean, like, there's nobody around. And the two things that jump out, not only that it's like, you know, some of them bail out on the first day because a bear's sitting there looking at them in their tent. But as you watch it, it's like loneliness and hunger. That's the two things that it basically comes down to and they said, I've had enough. I don't have any idea why I'm doing this. But I can tell you one thing, $500,000 is not enough. When it comes to we can't buy and sell. Will Jesus be enough? You better start working on it now. We don't want to turn. I'm not going to go live off of the grid and and make my own way. He wants me to stay in the fight and preach the gospel and die in the Lord. That's what he says. Persevering faith. Patience with joy. Same application from August 21st. We need to know and love Jesus so well we will never leave Him but die in Him with great joy. Whether He just takes me out in a car wreck, whether it's cancer, whatever way it is, if it is that He wants me to die for the Gospel, does He want me to be burned for taking the stand on the Gospel? Would He want me to lose my job? At some point, your allegiance and your love for Christ will cost you in this world where you will not be able to buy and sell. So you will not eat. Not well for very long. Oh, work on that. That is the greatest motivation, desire, Love of our life in Jesus, knowing Him so well and all that He has done. And here again, don't push this off. What if this was to start happening in December? I want to be ready. I want you to be ready. I want us to be ready. We are to be growing one another up into full maturity in Jesus Christ. That's the command in Ephesians. All of us together, dying together if necessary. Glory to God. Verse 13.3 It doesn't all depend on you. Praise God. Because you heard a voice from heaven. Heard a voice from heaven. One that is able to make a promise and keep it. Write. Put this down for those to come. For us. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. So that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. A guarantee, a promise, after all of this that we see, and some of the responsibility that we want to remind ourselves of, and the growth that is need. They tell you, and these guys have tried to help me in my, my preaching. It's like, you, know, you should use illustrations that are relevant. Like, you, you would know what it is. I'm using one, so this is not good preaching. But there used to be a show called The A-Team. Now, I know everybody under 40 probably has no idea what that is. But it was a a band of crazies that had a plan. And and, and the the main leader would, would say, man, I love when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together. That's what I think I see here. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Do you find that strange? We fear death. We've talked about this in ABF before. I remember it's like, I don't know that I fear death. I just fear how I'm going to die. Yeah, don't fear any of it. Because in the sight of the Lord, precious Precious, why You don't belong here. He knows your struggles. He's involved in all of them. He's brought them into your life for your good, for His glory. His Spirit has worked and He has kept you. Precious. God saves us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. You're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. But you were saved for good works. So here it is. This is a persevering and the result of our salvation. It is for good works. It is to follow. It shows this is who I am, this is my identity. Precious in the sight of the Lord. Why? Because you've come home. You're His child. What would you do if your child left and you didn't see them and you put them and you know they're going through struggles and you're trying to help them. But eventually they come home and they're going to be there forever and all of this is going to go away. No more sin. No more sorrow. No more suffering. No more pain. Just joy at the right hand of God. Forevermore. That I'll dwell with God. Man, that's precious. That's what we're living for. That's what you have to set your mind on the future. Not here. This world is full of troubles. Don't be surprised. He's told you. We are to struggle in His power. In His love. In His grace and mercy. People will look at us going, How in the world do you do that? Oh, let me tell you, let me tell you, you can't do this any other way than through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the greatest Savior, the greatest person ever. We labor in the Spirit. I love the part in this, I don't know, I'm not trying to do anything that's contrary to Scripture or anything like that, but when the Spirit goes, yes! I feel as though it's a loud voice. There's been a lot about loud voices in here. And I think this is worth being louder than anything. That he says it's blessed when you die in the Lord. Why? Because in Ephesians 1 he tells us what? He is our seal. He is our promise he is what has been given to us and these deeds they're not for me to get salvation it's because the spirit has kept me and he's brought me through and i didn't persevere and i didn't turn i kept growing in my faith and my love for jesus because the spirit kept working in me that's the result of salvation and this is completed and he goes yes yes we did it yes I completed. I did my task as part of the Trinity. Yes! This is glorious. You're here. You are here. This is where you're supposed to be. This is where we're going to live forever and ever. In rest. In rest. Death brings rest. Remind yourself, yes, I know the heartache and the sorrow. I got in trouble one night at community group because I thought, man, yeah, death, thats be great. And my wife's like, you, you don't love me? I'm like, yeah, I love you. But I really love Jesus a whole lot more. And I know you're going to be worse off, but I am not. I'm not. I'm like, wow, that's real comforting. I'm like, he's here. He'll take care of you. <laughs> It seems strange, doesn't it? Because we do know there's heart. That's where suffering comes in. You've been torn apart. God tore you apart. That's the only way marriage is supposed to be separated. It's through death. That marriage stays together because it pictures the gospel. Jesus will never divorce his church. And I know that's a hard statement, and I've got a week to prove it. So don't even. Don't even. I know what I'm saying when I say it, and I know how hard that is in some situations. It's beyond, it's imaginable. Death brings rest, pleasures forevermore, as you read out of Psalm 16. Two cups, no rest. No cup, and full rest. You do know why it is we don't have a cup to drink, don't you? It's already been drank. You see this torture? That's what we got. That's what we deserve. This ongoing punishment and judgment. Christ doesn't come to me. Somebody doesn't come to me with the gospel. Here, I'm praying God opens your eyes. You'll see. You come. Come, man. If that hadn't happened in my life, I'd be drinking two cups. Christ drank my cup the full to the dregs, it's empty. Done. Whoa! How great is salvation! He did it for me when I was His enemy. I'm just like all these others. I will reject you. Oh, there's great joy. I want to die in the Lord in a good way. I want to finish well. I want you to finish well. I want us to finish well. I want us to go out in a blaze of glory for God. So overwhelmed by this world. Your deeds will follow. I'll let you deal with that in the rest of this week. There's not enough time. All right? I purposely don't have anything else but with that and it being your application. The deeds will follow. The deeds don't precede you to get you there. The deeds follow because of the work that the Holy Spirit has done. It's why He's screaming yes when we're all there together. Yeah. Look at this. Look at, look at, look at what we accomplished in this child. Look at all that He did in the, in the love. Look at all that you accomplished. Glory to God. Look. Praise God, and we, of all people, are going. Man, we humbly bow before you, going because I had none of this. I could do none of this apart from you. I can't. I can't. None of us can make this, but we can look at our deeds and go, What What are our deeds? Are we overcome with the world? And I need some reevaluation in my life. Maybe, probably, we're always all. You know, we got an enemy. We got an enemy. Somebody's writing them in heaven. They're going to follow. Just take a look this week. Every day, at the end of the day, journal your deeds. Holy Spirit-led deeds. I'm not trying to get you to work this up. I'm not trying to get you to work up the strength to go do this. I want you to do this out of your walk with the Lord and your walk in the spirit of God that you come back and go on. That's, that's, that's of God. You of all people are more astounded that God actually produced that in my life. Man, if you don't know Christ today, you need to come. You need to come talk to me. You need to talk to Pastor Rush. You need to talk to Pastor Isaac. You need to talk to your neighbor. Don't even waste any more time than getting away from your neighbor. It's such a great salvation. And let me tell you, there is horrible, horrible news for you. It's the very thing that explodes our salvation more and more and more. Christ took that for us. Oh, love Jesus more today. More tomorrow. Don't let any of us walk away. Persevere. And persevere with patience and joy. In joy. Lord, thank you so much for your word. What a tough passage. It's humbling. It's mind-boggling. It's overwhelming. It's heart-wrenching. And yet in some ways, we, we shove these things away sometimes. We shove them down under. We don't want to think about these things. But as we we're reminded this morning of all that is coming, your wrath that will be done in, in a way that is absolutely just, perfect, not overdone in any way. We don't even want to see you in that light. We always want to see you in loving kindness toward us and so you still are that God. Only you can do something like this and it be holy and righteous. May this motivate us, may this stir us, may this remind us of the urgency We live as though we have years to come. We leave the house every day expecting fully to return. Help us as we are always constantly fighting to stay focused, that we have hearts that are prone to wander and to leave. So help us as we grow in our faith and in our walk with you and by your spirit and by your power. Thank you for your great love for us that you meet us when we're in these places that we talk about today and we get overwhelmed and it's exactly right where you meet us with love and kindness and grace. So help us to run to you. Run to you. Embrace the walk. Trust you. Continue to build that in us. Build that in this church. Use us. We pray for this little community here. The gospel go forward. Bring, bring uh, uh, conviction on this place, this city, this nation, this world. Help us to fight the fight, war the war, in great joy as we walk with you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.